You're listening to the College Info Geek Podcast, where it's all about learning more, paying off your student debt, landing your dream job, and being awesome at college. Now, here's your host, Thomas Frank. Hey, hola, konnichiwa, what's up? Hello, and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast. I'm Thomas Frank, I'm your host, and you just have to deal with that. Though, I will say, if Betty White ever calls up and wants to take over as host in my stead, I will most certainly let her. But until then, you got to deal with me. So, sorry. So, on today's show, I'm going to be talking to my friend Matt Jared, who's a dude I met at FU Weekend in Austin, short for Finish Up Weekend. It was a conference I went to back in February of this year to finish up some stuff I was working on. And Matt was there to finish up some stuff he was working on, and we sat together and hung out. So today, uh, Matt and I are going to talk about his journey from college student to regular employee to being a self-taught web designer who freelances to make a living. So I'm sure that if you are interested in anything of that nature, you'll get some good knowledge bombs dropped on you today. But first, guys, if you have any questions about the college experience or what comes shortly after that, Go ahead and email me, thomas at collegeinfogeek.com, or hit me up on Twitter if you have a short question. I'm at Tom Frankly over there. Me and my roommate Martin are gearing up to do some more reader Q&A episodes in the near future. So if you've got questions about studying, motivation and productivity, how to manage your money, how to get an internship or a job afterwards or whatever, uh, don't ask me how to t- change a tire because I'm just going to give you a Google thing. But anything else, email me those questions, uh, get them into me. I want to hear those questions. Also, if you are enjoying the show, if you want to support it and see it grow, all you have to do is head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen, leave a rating and review. Helps the show climb up in the charts and reach more students who can reach, read, um, leave more reviews and we'll just get this cool feedback loop going until we break iTunes. That's the goal, right? All right. Uh, last but not least, the show notes for this episode, as always, can be found at CIGpodcast.com, SIGpodcast.com. You'll get to the entire SIG podcast page and you can scroll down, click the link for episode 23 with Matt Jared. You'll get links, you'll get quotes, you'll get action items, all that good stuff. All right. So with all that stuff out of the way, let's get into this interview with my friend, Matt Jared. All right. Welcome to the show, Matt. Dude, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, man. Great to have you here on a, the uh, Bro Journey podcast. Oh, wait. This isn't the Bro Journey. <laughs> no. Come on. Get it right or pay the price, dude. <laughs> no, but dude, seriously, I had a ton of fun on the Bro Journey, and uh, I'm loving what you're doing over there with that podcast. Great to have you on my own show where I make all the rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks and, for having me, man. We, yeah. we loved having you on a few weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah. And I'll definitely link to that episode in the show notes because that was one of the most fun podcasts I've done in a while. Um, I'm, I'm really getting back into podcasting after a little bit of a hiatus. Is that how you pronounce that word? Um, hiatus, whatever, from for the redesign <laughs> that we did. <laughs> Multiple hiatus is hiatai. Yeah, I, I put hiatai. <laughs> Hiatix. <laughs> uh, do we have any lexicographers in the audience? Anyway, I put on my designer cap for a few months, a few very distracted, uh, manic months doing the redesign and didn't podcast for a while. But we did your podcast. That was a ton of fun. And uh, just like meeting you at FU Weekend, which was one of the coolest things ever, was was awesome, even though you were farting the whole time. <laughs> Along with me, uh, we were just creating time, a just... cloud of methane around us and nobody else wanted to be around. So obviously we had to get to know each other. Yeah. And in getting to know each other, I learned that within a couple of years, you self-taught yourself uh, web development and web design. 
mm-hmm. to the point where you can be a freelancer. Right. And that's really cool. And you made your own personal website that entire weekend. Uh, You're working on coding it, making it responsive and beautiful. And I was really impressed. So let's just get your story about like kind of your transition from college to what you're doing now and whether or not your college degree actually uh, led into what you're doing now or not. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you. I'm super impressed by you. I think we've declared that for the first 25 minutes of the Bro Journey <laughs> podcast. Um, no, yeah. So my story is uh, a lot like many others. Uh, I grew up, went to college, left college, felt like I deserved a lot of stuff. And when I got out of college, uh, the things that I expected were not there. Uh, Mm. so I had to do a lot of soul searching to get to where I wanted to go. And through that soul searching, I kind of found myself in my little niche and what I wanted to do. And I spent the last two or three years doing whatever I can to make that possible. Uh, and we can fill in the details through all that. So, yeah. Yeah. So I, what I'm curious about is you, you said very, you know, very frankly, and I say that as kind of a pun, but also (laughs) not a pun. It it is a pun. It's a pun, but sir, uh, most students won't admit that they graduate expecting a certain thing. You know, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's kind of this, this unsaid thing. You go to college and maybe you expect a good job and you expect to make a, a good amount of money. But what were what exactly were you expecting and how didn't your postgrad experience yeah, match so, up to those expectations? So I uh, went to Ohio University, which is in Athens, Ohio. And shout out to any Bobcats who are out there. Uh, love you guys. Love OU. Um, but when I was there, I basically did whatever I could. I was like the resume patter guy. Like I did everything to make myself look awesome on paper. I was the president of my fraternity. Shout out to Delta Style Delta if anybody's out there. I worked for the intramural sports department like part time. I worked with like out of state students who were coming in. Cause I grew up in Indiana, but I went to school in Ohio. I played in like five different intramural teams. I went to the bars. Like I did everything and I made sure that my resume looked awesome. Every, every single minute of every single day, it was leading up to, is this going to make me look good enough on paper? And I expected it to be like the nineties or whatever, when I got out of school and I've been out of school since 2010, Uh, And I expected it to just be, all right, I'm out of college, light switch. Now I have a job. Now it's all great. Um, And I was kind of entitled to this idea that my grades weren't that great. I'm not really a good test taker. I'm not really a good student, um, but I'm a great college student, meaning that I really dove deep into these activities outside of outside of class. And I really like I was so serious about the fraternity. Like we increased our numbers each year while I like was there. I was so serious about like everything that I did. And I thought I was going to be like this perfect model of like what I like. I was just going to walk out of college and everything was going to be great. What I didn't do was realize what I wanted to become when I left college. Uh, and that's where that entitlement, I think, falls short. If you, 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 you can feel entitled or whatever when you know that you want to be a web designer in Austin, Texas, and you're going to do whatever it takes to have a successful freelance business. You can do whatever you want when you know that you're going to be a number one podcaster in the education space or whatever it is. When I was leaving college, I was kind of entitled to just like, okay, well, I did all this stuff that I was supposed to do. Now, where's all the benefits? And that's where I fell short. Okay. So it sounds like it's kind of your situation is pretty typical, but it's the opposite of what, uh, what my friend Bud did in the last episode I recorded where he, he identified a goal right away 
And in college, he was like, this is my goal. And I don't care about clubs. and I don't care about all of those things. So for the first two years of college, I was exactly like you. Mm-hmm. I was like, my resume needs to be lots of words. I need to have lots of operating systems and programming languages I can put down in the skills section and yeah. as many so scholarships. Yeah. All the action <laughs> verbs that ever existed are going to be just slapped <laughs> right on my resume. I'm going to know Ubuntu. I'm going to know uh, command line. I don't know if I want to work with IT, but I need to know those things because if I don't have all kinds of buzz phrases, basically what I was doing is imagine I was a Final Fantasy character. I was trying to fill out every single skill tree that there was without knowing what I wanted to be. I'm doing the mage skills over here and I'm doing the ranger skills over here and I want to be a warrior, but who cares? Because (laughs) (laughs) I think that's, it's a common, it's a common plan of action for a lot of students. They just, they see all these opportunities. College is a wealth of opportunities and you just kind of go for them all. And you don't really know, you know, a lot of times you don't really stop to think what it is that you want to do or what it is that you might want to do. Um, because a lot of times you don't know what you want to do until you get good at it, but you don't, you don't really think, and you just kind of like say, okay, that's an opportunity that's going to make me look good. And it's the prestige mindset, I guess it's the, I need to look good mindset. So when you graduated, you found that this mindset didn't actually, didn't actually bring you to any sort of like situation where you were happy. Absolutely not. I was like the typical dude who was like, well, I do need to say, and like my college, uh, we were the Ohio University was the first first higher education institution in the Northwest Territory. So it's like it's the most beautiful. When you conjure up images of college when you're a kid, you think of Ohio University. It's the best place on earth. Um, But it's also very old and very historic. So I expected a lot um, for all, you know, for everything that I had given into this great institution, they were going to give me back. Um, When I left, I was like, okay, I have this beautiful college campus. Like, I love this place. What could, like what other city or place can I go to? And when I was leaving, I was like trying to find cool cities to go to, but I just couldn't find a job. And I said, all right, I'm just going to go back and live with my mom for like a couple of weeks. And then I'll go move to like Atlanta or Seattle or somewhere cool. Um, and that couple of weeks to turn to six months of applying to jobs, not getting jobs, getting job offers, and then re- them realizing my GPA was too low and then rescinding job offers in the same breath, which actually happened to me. Uh, I'm not going to end the company. Um, but it's a gigantic cell phone provider who offered me a job, found out my GPA wasn't very high. And I didn't lie to them. I didn't like hold it away from there. We were just like, oh, we forgot to ask you your GPA. And then like, okay, that check mark is not fulfilled. Can't have the job. Um, uh, the worst, the absolute worst. So I left college <laughs> thinking that I was like going to be the man and it was going to work out. And then like I would dive deeper and I totally fell flat on my face. Mm. So after that, uh, after that initial six months, I got extremely lucky and landed a job at a healthcare company in um, Cincinnati, which is uh, really close to where my mom lives in southern Indiana. So I uh, commuted in, lived in my mom's basement for uh, almost a year and a half and basically just sucked it up, worked in a cube inside of a room without walls and got really lucky in the fact that I was learning design and I was learning a little bit of marketing. Um, but I was also learning how websites worked and like what it takes to make a website be important and what it takes for a website to actually like work and what it takes to design a website. And that really caught me. And I got really lucky in that moment right there. And then I found what I think is going to be the path, like 
the most passionate thing I've ever had in my life is building really cool websites. Okay. So that's really cool. So what's the story behind um, getting the job in the healthcare company? Was it just kind of like a lucky break to somebody you knew or did you apply randomly and so, just yeah. get it uh, or how that work? <laughs> this is another great story. And this is actually a lot of my friends are going to don't really know this story. I think only my mom and I have shared this. This is another one of the things where uh, I, I emailed the guy and we had a phone interview and it went really well. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, this is going to be a great opportunity. I love this. And then I went out of town for the weekend and I came back. And when I came back, I had an email waiting for me. He's like, you know what? This isn't a really great fit. Great talking to you. Sorry. And I was like, well, I tried. And I sent the guy a thank you note. And I said, all right, thanks anyway. It was really great talking to you. Maybe talk to you sometime down the line. Two months later, the guy calls me and says, we haven't found anybody, but you were the only person who really like you and I clicked. So he and I got to talking some more. And we found out we found out that we went to the same high school and actually his sister and I were in the same class. So he his, he asked his sister, like, hey, what's the deal with this Matt Jared guy? And she's like, oh, he's a nice person or whatever. Like, he's a good dude. And coupled with the thank you note that I sent, coupled with, like, actually being able to talk to the guy, uh, it turned into just, like, kind of a – he didn't really – they didn't really pay me a whole lot. They didn't really have a whole lot of expectation. But they were like, all right, we'll give you a shot. Okay. Um, so I took it and ran with it, yeah. Cool. So you were saying you you just kind of cold emailed him out of the blue or was it like through like a, a job application at first or how'd that work? Oh, yeah, there was. Uh, so at the time, LinkedIn was like super like the super hotness, like everybody had to have a LinkedIn profile. Okay. And somehow it was posted on LinkedIn that there was a job and like through a friend of a friend of a connection of a connection. Um, I saw the posting and I emailed the guy immediately and connected with him on LinkedIn. I don't think today that that's the best strategy, but at the time it just worked randomly. Cool. Yeah. I've heard totally, a lot, totally random. Mm-hmm. A lot of, uh, recruiting is done on LinkedIn and I don't know like if it's gone down in the days since it was really, really hot, but mm-hmm. I think it's, it's definitely something that's good to have, even if it's not like, going to be the number one thing that gets you a job it's one of those things where like it's kind of like the be everywhere strategy be on linkedin mm-hmm. because something might exactly come yeah you might meet mm-hmm. somebody there don't spend all of your time on linkedin if you're searching for a job but have a linkedin mm-hmm. and like look at it and see if someone looks at your profile reach out to them and message them yeah exactly and what i like is the fact that you email them because that's honestly like the act of of going and connecting with somebody personally and, and going out of your way, that's that's what's going to get you the furthest, I think. Which is interesting. Yeah, your, your last interview with Bud, he I followed him today on Twitter and he immediately followed me back and messaged me and said, hey, what's going on? Like, how are you doing? Like, what's up? Mm-hmm. Uh, and just that friendly thing will put you above ninety nine point nine percent of other people. Yeah. Uh, and that got me, you know, I got lucky enough to have that as my first job and that, you know, Bud and I maybe become friends later down the line, whatever it is. Yeah. Bud's amazing at just just connecting with people. He's so good at it. Yeah. So. <laughs> and you have to be sleazy. You just have to say, hey, what's up? Like, that's the hardest part for me is, is trying to convey to people. Like, all you have to say is hi. Exactly. Make eye contact and say hi. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, hey. And if you're on Twitter, you probably have a link to something. And then they're like, hey, you're cool. So yeah. or maybe <laughs> just your tweets. I, I don't know. I love Twitter because it's like the one way where it's not weird. You know, it's never yeah. weird to say hey to somebody on Twitter because like, well, it, there's so many different ways to say hey too. Yeah. Like, there's a way that like, you can follow somebody. You can favorite something you can retweet something. There's like so many different ways to like you can direct mention them or message them from like something that they say. So there's so many like different levels that you can go to communicate. Mm-hmm. And, and Twitter is 
one of the easiest ways to utilize what I call the fan first mentality, where if I want to connect with somebody and I think they're really cool, I'll become their fan first. And I'll be like, I'm going to share this person's stuff because I love them. You know, they're awesome. And and once I do that, then, you know, maybe they'll take notice. And at that point, I've at least gotten on their radar as a fan. And I can at that point reach out and be like, hey, what's up? And they kind of know my name because I've been sharing their stuff and being a champion of their of their work for a little while. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. It's so easy on Twitter. So anyway, so the uh, the job at the healthcare company did you did you actually enjoy the work or was it kind of just like a conduit to learning what you liked in web development? Right. So it was it, it was a conduit to a one hundred percent like I like the perfect term is conduit because it was <laughs> it was like it was the worst job but the best like the. Uh, the best thing that could have ever happened to me because I was forced to learn design. I was forced to learn the tools. I was forced to actually dive into this industry that I now like call my industry. And these are my friends and my people. Um, but previously I was just like, I don't really think that I belong here. You know, I'm not like a dude with a pimply back and like sit in like the, my mom's basement and write code all the time. And then I looked around, I was like, well, I sit in my mom's basement. I'm kind of have a pimply <laughs> back. And, <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. But, um, um, I just didn't think I fit in. And then I was kind of forced to with this job. And I just got so lucky because it's the, you know, the, our industry, it's the web. It's really great. Everybody's super nice. Um, and, uh, I really had to like dig deep and find out like, is this really for me or is this just another fad? Um, and I was forced 40 hours a week to actually do it. So it wasn't like I could run away from it. So it was really great. Mm-hmm. And then, so the job led into what you're, so did you go into freelance after the job or was it the startup afterwards, right afterwards? Right. So I, uh, so there was a point halfway through the job where it's like, this job sucks, but I know I want to be involved in the internet and the web and design and development in some way. Uh, and I read uh, a book called The Compound Effect, which everybody should go and read. Uh, and it basically said it's like the it's like the power of habit. And we've talked about this before, where basically if you want to achieve a goal, you should do something small to achieve that goal every single day. Uh, and for me, I knew I wanted to design something. So I said every single day, I'm going to fire up Photoshop or fireworks or illustrator. And I'm going to like tinker. I'm going to do something every single day. At the same time, this is fall 2011. By this point, um, my roommate and I had my roommate now, uh, then friend decided that we wanted to do Movember, which is, you know, mustache for in November to raise, uh, prostate cancer awareness. And I said, you know what, we're going to start this blog and we're going to put, I'm going to put like something out every single day, just like the compound of compound effect tells us to do and something cool will happen. So from there, uh, we blogged every single day for 30 days and, or however long November is 30 days. And, uh, my roommate or Max, who was not my roommate yet lived down in Austin and I was back in Cincinnati. Um, and we got some traction and people liked what we were doing. And people told me that, they enjoyed reading some stuff and there. We met some strangers based on kind of like the content that we put out into the world. Um, so then I decided time to get out of Cincinnati and get down to Austin to like, so I can become a freelance web designer and do this thing that I really want to do. Uh, so that's when I took off and uh, left Cincinnati and moved down to Austin um, and slowly crept towards being a freelancer and teaching myself how to code. Okay. So what we can conclude from this, one, is uh, hairy upper lips 
lead to always good win. things. Always win, man. They, there's <laughs> nothing wrong with having a mustache. Have a mustache. I unfortunately got the urge to shave all my beard off uh, two days ago, and I'm just like, all right, that that was fun. It's time to come back. <laughs> 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 but too, I mean, I love the fact that you just you just decided that I'm gonna get something out there, you know. And every single day I'm going to create something and something cool came from that. And yeah. actually, um, from what I've been reading in kind of the space of, of building strong habits and achieving goals is really what you said, the compound effect where you have to put a little bit of effort in every day and it just kind of builds up over over time. And one thing that I, I learned is um, it's better to create input-based goals instead of output-based goals. So say, like, instead of saying, I'm going to lose this much weight per week or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this many words per day, maybe you could do, I'm going to write for 15 minutes a day or I'm going to, I'm only, I'm going to go work out for 20 minutes. Like, I can control the input. Even if the output doesn't get achieved, the input is a set quantitative number that I can do no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even if it's, you know, a lower amount of effort, if I'm not doing so well today or if it's a higher amount of effort, either way, it's going to get done because it's input based and there's no excuse for not doing it. So, I mean, for you, I mean, it's just I think that is an output based goal, but it's uh, it's small and it's manageable. And so it's still very doable. And it's awesome that you guys had some cool things come from it. Yeah, yeah. It kind of came out of nowhere. You know, it was just like it, the minute that you start to, to take action and do stuff um, is the minute you start getting rewarded. Exactly. Uh, it might be it might be super small. It might be, you know, eventually a job offer. It might be, you know, affiliate links that lead to, you know, paying off your student loan, whatever it is. The minute you take action is the minute that you get rewards. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. And even if, if the words that you that you kind of envision at the start don't come for a while or even if they don't come at all, there's probably something that you benefit from in during the process. Right. Yeah. And that goes back to um, when I left college uh, and, you know, like there's going to like there's going to be people out there who you leave, you know, you graduate in two weeks or whatever and you're going to leave and you're going to look back and you're going to look around and you're like, well, this isn't what I planned on. This isn't what I expected. Mm-hmm. But you're going to really appreciate all of the missteps and all the miscues and all of this stuff. You just put yourself out there and you, and you experienced it. And that's what I love about college. Um, and that's why I was super disappointed when I left. And I was like, well, I deserve like an award. Like I killed it. Like I was the best college student that ever was, you know, <laughs> That's why I was really bummed out. Um, yeah. But yeah, we could talk about power of habit for like two straight weeks, like literally every single day. <laughs> <laughs> I should read that book. I need to put it on my list. My list is getting so big. How do you manage it? Like I, mine's mine's ridiculous. It's just uh, never. Well, list. mine's all on Goodreads. Okay. So yeah. And I just like whenever I hear of a book, I go on there, I click want to read. And then I'm like, OK, that's got to be read in like a year from now. So <laughs> uh, as of so as of like last week, I, I was in the middle of five books. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, five books at one time. And everyone's like, how can you manage five books at one time? Well, the, the short answer is you don't. Mm-hmm. You start five books and then you stop reading them. And yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> and then uh, you start another new five books. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I got a big old whiteboard and I just I made one column of things I need to finish and wrote all five books down there. And I finished one of them last week. I'm very close to finishing. Actually, I finished another one today. So they're three right left. off. Did you mark it off? Yes, yeah. marked it off. Okay. There are lines through them. There are three left. There are, there are the three densest and, well, two are dense, long books and one's fiction. And mm-hmm. I will go, I will just drop my life for it once I get back into it. But uh, yeah, Goodreads is my thing. Um, 
things that I add to it are probably going to take a while to get to because my reading list is huge, but that's fine. I'm excited to learn things. So I'm very excited to learn things. So you, you said you were not satisfied with what happened after college. Mm-hmm. And I think you're satisfied with what you're doing now. But if you were able to go back, what would you have done differently during college to expedite uh, getting to where you want to be? Uh, it's it's really hard to say that I would change anything because I wouldn't have been led to this path mm. uh, in the path of just like being like left just completely like I felt isolated. I felt scared. I didn't really like know what to do. Um and I brought like I, I don't want to use this term, but I pulled myself up by those little bootstraps and I and I got <laughs> myself through it. Um, and if I hadn't have done that, and if I hadn't have found like how to bring all of my previous experience with me in this new world that I'm in, um, I don't think it would have been as great. But if I had to do it all over again, uh, and we talked about this before, I would I would have been more focused. Okay. Um, what I would have done is instead of taking a ton of general business classes, I would have said I want to be on the entrepreneurship track what do I have to do to do entrepreneurship? And I would sit and I would have stayed and I would have done all of my extra ha- hobbies and stuff or, you know, clubs instead of doing a social fraternity, I would have done whatever the business fraternity is and been like hyper focused on just doing business stuff. I would have had a job in the college of business. I would have had a job at some, you know, just doing something business related. And that's just me. If you're a design student, if you're an art student, if you're an English major, whatever it is, maybe try and get a little focused, maybe try and like get a job in the department where you want to be in. Granted, my job is with intramural sports, and it's probably the best job that anybody's ever had in the history of the world. I love our intramural <laughs> sports department. It was awesome. Um, but, you know, and that's leading me to amazing experiences now because I had such a great job in recreational sports and stuff like that. Um, but I would try and be just a, just, just a little bit more focused in on what you want to do. And you don't have to get it right. Just mm-hmm. be a little bit more focused. Yeah. I, and I would add to that the, the need to create things. Yes, because what I found is when you're when you're in school and you, you know, you kind of throw yourself into your classes and you throw yourself into a ton of groups and like leadership positions that are more administrative or you're just kind of like doing events and things. You're not only making a whole lot of things and getting experience in clubs and in class is good, but I think it's good to be also making something on the side because you start to build a body of work that starts to really guide how you actually work and how you actually make things and what you actually like to do. So yeah, focus, try not to just go for the prestige play and, and make things simply. I love that. And it took me until I was like, I'm 26 now. It took me until I was like 26 in one day to realize that I'm a maker, man. Like I love to create stuff. And like FU weekend is a perfect example. Like we're all sitting there, we're creating, like there's no better experience in actually creating something. Uh, and, and you're absolutely right. Don't go for the prestige play. Like there's, uh, what is it? How, how many college students are in the U S right now? A lot, <laughs> a lot. That's so the let's one say statistic. I don't let's know. Say, let's say there's a hundred college students in the U S 10 of those are going to be fraternity presidents. 10 of those people. And you're one of them. That doesn't mean that you don't, doesn't mean diddly for you. Like you need to be, you need to do more and be more focused on what it is specifically you want to do. You can't just toss president of fraternity on top of it all. And that was my huge mistake. I just was hoping to toss these like fluff things in there um, just to make it look great. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This actually just brought like, it brought back a story that I, I heard, I think my freshman year actually. Um, so when I was a freshman, I worked at the campus tech sports center and I had a friend named Andrew and he was telling me about a friend of his who 
actually landed a really, really cool internship. And he was up against one other person who was also pretty competitive. So the difference between these two guys is the other guy spent his entire summer the previous year getting like tech certifications and going through the tests and reading all the books. And uh, Andrew's friend, instead of doing that, he spent the entire summer teaching himself how to code and built like this really cool website. And that's why he got hired, because the company was so impressed that he created something from scratch instead of just going through tests and getting the certifications. You know, certifications are great, but a lot of people have them. A lot of people have an A plus or, you know, a CCNA. It's good stuff to have. But if you can show that, yes, I have the capacity to learn a lot of stuff, but I also have the capacity to go get things done and make things that it can be really impressive, Mm -hmm. I think. That's really what's going to set you apart. And speaking of internships, when I was a junior, I uh, went out from Ohio to Colorado and I lived in on my buddy's couch in Greeley, Colorado. And I worked in Niwot, Colorado at a little company called Crocs. And I was, they don't actually, I'm a really tall guy. So they don't have shoe, they don't have Crocs my size, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out there. I'm going to get this internship and it's going to be great. Uh, and it was an awesome time. And I had an amazing experience and I learned so much. Um, but that was just another piece of fluff. Like if I would have said, I'm going to go and work at, you know, my buddy's skate shop and help him build something from scratch, then that would have been really, really great and spectacular. And a job interview would have come from that. Not just saying, well, I went and worked at Crocs and sat at a desk for 40 hours a week for a summer. Right. Yeah. I mean, I I think it's the same thing with me. Like my internship experience was great, but (laughs) most of the really cool things that have happened have happened because of the things I've built. Yes. So it, it, it's just like, you know, go get experience like that, but be building something on the side mm-hmm. is what I would say. And if you haven't built anything yet, start small. It's, it's totally I mean, we can actually dive into that a little bit now. Like how I uh, um, basically I have three steps to become a web designer. And this is for my experience um, And there. I'll go through them deeply, but they are uh, celebrate your wins and then um, your top five. Um, and then do something one day that challenges you. Um, so or do something, do something every day that challenges you. Not one day. I'm smoking crack. Out <laughs> Just <here>. one day <laughs> per year. Challenge yeah. yourself the rest of the day. Pac-Man. Yeah. Hey, keep Oreos, us weird, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Blade Runner rerun. <laughs> Not, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I, t- anybody who ever asked me like how to be a web designer, or, like how I taught myself how to code or like, if you want to be a builder or you want to be a creator, but you don't know where to start. Um, I always say, I mean, the tools are going to take care of themselves. Like you're going to find the right tool. Like if you want to build a website, like you're going to like Google how to build a website. If you want to be a leather worker, you're going to Google it and you're going to know like someone is like, I guarantee it that someone is out there and they've given you step by step put like on how to do whatever it is that you want to do. Right. Um, for web design, it's super easy. Everybody wants to be a web designer. Um, but when I came out of college, I wasn't a builder. I wasn't a maker. Um, but I realized that every day while I was going through the process of, of, you know, all of these tutorials, all of these building, all these sites, creating all these things on my own, I needed to celebrate my wins. So if you're out there and you're creating your first thing every single day, every single time you ha- you go through a breakthrough or you, you, you fight through something and you achieve that first goal, you need to celebrate that. And for me, like my cue is I'm the smartest man alive in Billy Madison. Anytime like I hit, I hit refresh and it works on a website, cue up. I am the smartest man alive. Like <laughs> I did, let's celebrate. Like we did it. Like that doesn't mean like pop bottles of like crystal. Like, yeah, I made like an H1 look cool on a website. Like, no, just like <laughs> take a moment. You did it. All right, let's move on. 
the second part is uh, your top five. And I know we've talked about this a little bit. You are you are the what is it? You're the sum total of the things of the five people around you. So you right. become the five people who are around you the most. Um, and I think that applies to everything you read, everything you write, everything that you listen to, everything that you look at. So if you want to become a web designer for me, I listen to the shop talk show. I listen to 99% invisible. I listen to college info geek. I listen to smart passive income and I listen to the solopreneur hour. Those five shows I believe are going to help mold me to becoming a better web designer and a better thinker, uh, for what I need to do. Uh, so what are those five things? Like if you want to do leather work, like I can guarantee there's going to be a leather work podcast out there talking about the latest design trends and leather or whatever it is. I don't know why leather work is my example. Like, I guess I need to like go like <laughs> build a saddle or something. <laughs> I don't know. So my friends have had this. My friends do dumb things. I don't know why. Uh, and the latest dumb thing is they found this YouTube channel called Wrangler Star <laughs> just, just like this dude that lives out in like backwoods montana and he like reviews axes and like post tutorials on how to be a mountain man basically and like shows how to like do leather work so we've just been watching that lately so i mean there you go yeah leather work and That's axes and i mean axes are awesome so yeah i love axes <laughs> so like if you want to be an axe like an axe man on that tv show or whatever you want to be a uh a woodsman basically every time you chop down a tree celebrate chopping down that tree and then make sure that the things that you're listening to and the things that you're looking at and the things that you're creating uh are in honor of the people who are influencing you um and then the third thing is do something that challenges you uh and that doesn't mean like i use this example a lot if you use bootstrap if you're a web designer and you use bootstrap uh, next time use foundation just for a fun project, but don't go overboard. Don't go like, all right, I'm going to completely learn Python, uh, because I've built this rails app. Like I've got that, knock it out. It's over. Like just do like one tiny thing every single day that challenges you. And that will take you to maker status. I guess you should say <laughs> like you have now achieved maker levels. And if you, if you go through that process every single time, I think that you can really achieve a ton of really cool stuff. Right. So I have a modification to mm -hmm. the whole five people rule because I've, I've had people say, and I've thought this myself, you know, if the friends are that you're like your best friends aren't super like super entrepreneurial or into the same things you are, do you have to like ditch your friends and go find new friends? And for me, I would say, you know, no, you don't have to, mm -hmm. because as long as you are doing what you said, like surrounding yourself with podcasts and and books and blog posts and following the people who are going to inspire you and you get on Skype or you network with people who are really inspiring and at least keep in contact with them, then I think you're going to you're going to get the requisite amount of inspiration to keep yourself moving along. Even if your best friends that you're geographically around the most aren't really in the same you know area that you were in. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I was when I was first starting out and like living, uh, you know, in my mom's basement, I talk about that all the time, but um, <laughs> when I was living in my mom's basement, like she's not a web designer, like she's not really going to influence me that much. Like when I was working in a cube with no walls or no windows uh, or with walls and no windows, um, I, I wasn't being influenced by like these badass web designers, but I was reading everything that they said on Twitter. I was listening to their podcasts. Uh, and it's definitely, it's definitely good to, to step back into the world away from your passion. Like it's cool to like go and screw around and like not have to worry about web design 24 seven. Cause then it kind of ruins it when you're like over the top all the time web design. Um, it's fun to have people who are like not into it and kind of like screwing around. 
Exactly. Yeah, definitely. I remember high school uh, summers. I did detasseling, which you're from Ohio, so maybe you know what detasseling is. Yeah, corn, right? Yeah, you just pull the top off the corn. But every time I would go into the field, I had the Boag World web design podcast on my MP3 player. And back in the day, it was the MP3 player, no iPods. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I was, I was doing the same thing. I was surrounding myself with media and with just uh, sources of information that helped me to become better at what I wanted to do, which at the time was also web design. And even though uh, most of my friends weren't into the same things, I was insanely motivated to learn more because I just had this constant stream of of education coming in and, you know, lots of influences online. Yeah, and it's it goes deeper, man. Like you're not going to learn it. it you're not going to learn everything in the everything you need to know and the nuances from a certification. Mm-hmm. Like you have to actually like get into it and dive super deep, uh, and that's really where you're going to get the rewards um, when you when you're trying to build something for the first time. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're part of this makerspace in Austin, and can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So here in Austin, we have a school called Maker Square, and that's where we actually met for the first time. It was a beautiful sunny day, and we were that just was so that was staring the, at each other in the, the eyes. first night. Yeah, the first time okay. in a few weekends. Mm. Yeah, so those are some good tacos, man. Yeah, I miss uh, them. I'm gonna come down to Austin like next week and get those tacos. <laughs> there's so many good tacos here. It's kind of it's kind of at a point where it's a problem for me. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I think we might need to like have an in, like an intervention just later. Just a on. taco intervention. Yeah, just talk about it. Just, a I bit. can't get away from torchies, man. At the, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm there at 7 a.m. pounding on the glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but anyway, so Maker Square is here in Austin and they're just like any other, not just like any other dev boot camp um, in that they provide, I think, a little bit more one on one. Like, I think it's a it's a better ratio for students to uh, teachers um, and they uh, have two courses, one for full on web development with Rails and one with uh, front end web development. Um, and that's at night. Uh, and I've talked a few times to the web design front end people. Uh, and I basically, every time I talk to them, I tell them the same story that I just told, uh, all of your listeners and kind of give them like a pep talk. Like you can do it. If you just every single day, write HTML, CSS, and JavaScript, celebrate your wins, make sure you're listening, you know, make sure your top five are the right things, uh, and do one thing that's like moderately challenging every day. Right. So are you part of the, the rails course then? No, no. Um, I've known the guys since they got here, um, but I basically just am like a mentor and go and speak to the front end people. Oh, so you're he- you're helping out with it, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay, just cool. a tertiary member, not super like hardcore. Cool. So uh, what are you doing these days with your freelance? Yeah, so I um, have been full time freelance uh, since last September of 2013. Um, before that, I was running um basically customer support for a startup. And before that I was the front, I was the first receptionist at Capital Factory, which is an incubator here in Austin. Um, so it took me a while from when I moved to kind of catch up to where we were talking about before. It took me a while from when I first moved here to become full, to become a full-time freelancer. It was about a year and a half, um, of just like trying to level up at each job and trying to learn it a little bit more and trying to challenge myself and going home at night and like staying up until 3am and having to like build a WordPress site for the very first time without having any idea what I was doing just to like have the experience and learn. Um, 
so it, like I said, it took until September uh, so I could go full freelance. And I worked with, for a couple of people for about three months. And then in December of 2013, I got picked up by a startup to do a short-term contract. And that contract is actually uh, winding down in a couple of days. So I'm going to go back to client work. And I'm, I'm feeling really, really motivated to just go back and make shit happen. Um, I'm, I just really want to give back to the industry who's helped me become, you know, in a relatively short amount of time make a lot of my stuff that I've always wanted to do come true. Uh, and I really want to help my clients and the people who rely upon me to have amazing stuff out there. Definitely. So have you noticed that, um, does Austin have like a lot of like design firms and like web design opportunities? Yeah. Yeah. I actually had a design for myself. It lasted about six weeks until we had to go <laughs> until it exploded. <laughs> we start, it was one of my failed business ventures, um, which everybody, you have to have like 15 of those before you have a success. Um, but it was another person and I, and, uh, we tried to tag team some projects, um, but it just didn't work out with timing and like, didn't work out with like getting the right clients. Um, so I basically went back to being a one man shop after a few failed attempts at adding another print designer friend. Um, but um, there are a ton of designers here and there are a ton of developers here and the community is thriving. There are people writing code at every coffee shop. There are people who will talk to you about, you know, the latest trends in tech. There, will pe- there are people who will appreciate subtleties of like certain design aspects, um, whether it's architecture, art, whatever it is. Um, I think Austin's a really great town because people... And I hate I've I've sworn a few times on your podcast, but people give a shit here. And that's my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) They do. It's it's such an authentic city. And I I just freaking love Austin. I really do. I mean, there's just there's so much to do. Good tacos. Yeah. I mean, we already know about my my addiction. (laughs) (laughs) There's and also they sell Topo Chico so I can drink seven of those a day. There's so I, I had a LaCroix earlier today and I was thinking about, you know, I was like, man, these fizzies are so good. Did you find them? Yeah. Well, they're all over the place. Man. Oh, nice. They, I think they have national distribution now. I think they, yeah, I think they do. Like Target, I think, carries them pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the grocery stores around my area have tons of them. So it's my addiction, but it's a good addiction. Yeah. It's not that bad. Uh, <laughs> but to your, to your question before, there's a lot of uh, design agencies, um, it's, I, I think like, like we both agree, like Austin's just, it's, there's something, there's something here that makes it special in the fact that there is design in addition to all this stuff is, you know, makes it over the top great. And that's why there's so many people moving here. Um, right. Cause it's such an attractive place to be. Mm. And I know I've got a few designer friends who are like eyeing Austin for after graduation. And I'm like, Hey, I, I think it'd be a pretty good place to go. Yeah, well, it's not as cheap as it used to be. Yeah, it's getting more expensive. People Mm -hmm. are moving in. So, I mean, like, you got to go. There's going to be competition, Mm -hmm. but I think it's still a great city, at least to go try. Mm -hmm. I would say if I was if I was starting back over again, um, I would definitely eye a city where you can be a medium to big size fish and a medium to small pond. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to make an impact in a city like New York, not saying that you can't, not saying that you shouldn't, not saying that there aren't people already there. Um, but I think that you're going to have greater benefits of being like the Django developer in Chattanooga, Tennessee, or being like a part of the AIGA conference in Cincinnati or being like, you know, in the web development refresh Austin, or, you know, refresh group, whatever it is in Des Moines. Like being a big fish in a medium sized pond would be really cool. Right. And actually, Des Moines is a great city for that because we have a really tight knit but pretty small entrepreneurship community. And 
if you want to get involved in it, there's like always space there. Whereas like, yeah, when you go to place like New York or L.A., it can seem like you're just a very small fish in a huge pond and it's it can be kind of lonely. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you get out there and make connections, you can basically buck that trend. But I don't know. It, it seems more intimidating to me. Right. And I, I would I would rather start like and I was super lucky because I was in Cincinnati for two years, which is a little bit smaller than Austin. And I, but I still kind of like had a chance to like rev up a little bit on my own and like kind of a quiet environment before moving to Austin, where I would have been totally screwed if I would have came here right out of college. Mm. At least that's for me. Like most other people are probably going to be able to make it. I needed a few a few months in my mom's basement to cool off, I think, <laughs> in <laughs> retrospect. We all need a few months, except for yeah. me, because my mom's basement is all weightlifting equipment. So <laughs> I'll just get super swole and <laughs> yeah, just get just meet. There's no out. chilling to, to do down there. It's just yeah. go down there and get it at it. <laughs> cool. So one more question. Uh, since I've asked this in the last couple of podcasts, I think that I've recorded. So what books should people read that you are very much into right now? So number one, the book that probably uh, has altered my path the most was uh, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Okay. Um, and it basically outlines do something every single day um, that scares you, pushes you, drives you towards your ultimate goal. Um, that has had a profound effect on my life. Um, another book I'm reading right now, the power of habit is basically the same structure. Your habits affect more than, you know, um, a few other books out there that I recommend that like a lot of people think are the Bible is the lean startup. Um, which if you're looking to start a company, I think that's a really good starting place. Um, but then the fourth book that I recommend is the book that you're going to write. Not you, Thomas, yourself, but the book that somebody out there who is kind of like on the fence of starting something, like really want to do something. Like the book that I want to read is your memoir in 10 years. Okay. Because you're out there, the person who's out there like on the fence, like I, maybe I need to read a couple more books. Maybe I need to like go watch some more videos or whatever. Put those books down and go make shit happen. Right on. I love that answer, dude. And that's actually not what I expected to hear. So (laughs) well, I do want to read your book. Don't take that the wrong way. I definitely want to read your book. Yeah. Once I get my book done, I'll definitely send you a copy and keep needling you to read it. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I love that answer. Yeah. The book that I get whatever you're going to do, go do it so I can experience it because I want to. Yeah. I get paralyzed. Like I have to I have to go read this thing. I have this. I have this bookmark. I have this book. Like, no, go do it. Awesome. Well, it was great talking to you, dude. I'm going to go chill out a bit before I hit <laughs> head to bed because I've been up since 2 a.m. this morning. What? Oh, my yeah, God. Actually, uh, I, I decided to go hang out with my girlfriend at her all night print lab shift because it's like almost finals week. So they're like open 24 hours. Hmm. And so now I'm like dying, <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. Um, so if people want to get in contact with you. Where can they find you? Uh, you can reach me on Twitter at uh, at. M-A-T-T underscore J-A-R-E-D or my website, mattjared.co. And you can email me, matt at mattjared.co as well. There's a contact form on there. It goes to the same place. Um, And just reach out. I'd love to talk to anybody who has any questions, especially any Bobcats out there from Ohio University. Yeah, definitely. And also push Matt to do voice work because he sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the next stream. That's my next wins that I'm celebrating is, be the is next. having a sexy voice. Yeah. <laughs> You totally could. You could be in the next Pixar movie, man. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. All right. Great talking to you, dude. Thanks. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, guys. Hope you liked the interview with my friend Matt. You can always connect with him on Twitter as well as me. I'm at Tom Frankly, as I mentioned before. Uh, 
said everything in the intro, but once again, you can find the show notes for this episode at CIGpodcast.com. Scroll down, find that episode 23 link, and you'll get all the cool stuff we link to and quote in the episode. If you want to leave a review, that's awesome. I'll love you forever. Otherwise, send me a question via email. Send me some feedback. I would love to hear it. And until next week's episode, I'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.